Hello and welcome to Accent of Women, a show by and about women from diverse cultures and languages right across the world. I'm Giselle Hanna. Gunai Gundijimara and Wiradjuri man, Raymond Noel Lindsay Thomas, died during a police pursuit on the 25th of June 2017. The inquest into his death commenced on Monday the 5th of July 2021, four years later. The inquest heard that Raymond Knoll was driving home from his local supermarket and was pursued by a highway patrol car and died in Victoria Street in Thornbury, just three kilometres from the supermarket. The officers who pursued Raymond Knoll announced his death 21 seconds after formally calling in the pursuit to their area command. Joining me on today's show to talk about the inquest and Aboriginal deaths in custody is Aboriginal activist and co-founder of the Warriors of the Aboriginal Resistance, Tarneen Onus Williams. Tarneen starts here by introducing themselves. My name is Tarneen Onus Williams and I'm proud of Gunditjmara, Bindu, Yorta Yorta and Tosha Arnda person and I live on Wurundjeri country in Melbourne. And I am one of Raymond Thomas's cousins. And Ray Thomas is a, an Aboriginal man who died in a police chase in 2017. Can you tell us what happened? Yeah, so Ray was, um, Ray lived in Thornbury um, with his mum, his dad and his siblings, his brothers. And he went to Woolworths on Plenty Road in South Preston, and which is which is not far from his house, and he drove there to go get cakes, cake mix, and uh, lollies. And on the way home, he was pursued by police. Um, as we found out in the inquest two weeks ago, now it was because his car looked dodgy in the comments. And after he was pursued, uh, he crashed into a back of a car and he died at the scene um, of that accident. And um, he had his inquest uh, just two weeks ago, which went for two weeks. And uh, his parents, Annie Debbie and Uncle Ray, were present throughout that inquest and other community members. And uh, it's taken a really long time to get this inquest up and going because of the classification um, as black death in custody. It wasn't seen as a black death in custody because it was a pursuit, so he wasn't yet uh, under arrest. And that's why it's taken so long to get his inquest heard. Well, that was, interestingly, that was my next question. A lot of people might wonder how a police chase actually got classified as a death in custody and therefore became something investigated by the coroner's court. Can you talk us through the steps or the campaign that the family took in order to really pressure the coroner's court to investigate this? From what I know, which I don't know that much and what steps they exactly took to get um, that going. But their legal representatives at each point of Aboriginal Legal Service and I know there's lots of advocacy around getting it classified as a black death in, black death in custody. And 
I think that, you know, I think the family did a really good job in campaigning and fighting for that and they had attended multiple um, rallies and spoken at those rallies about his death and I think that, you know, one of the things which I that a lot of people haven't really realised is that Raymond Thomas died six months before Aitanya Day, um, who sh- who died um, after being in police custody in December 2017. And her case um, and her inquest, you know, so many people know about it and we were absolutely gobsmacked that her inquest took so long in uh, because it took two years for the, the coroner to see Aitanya's case. And now we've just had Raymond Hull's inquest into his death. In 2021, when he had died uh, after a police pursuit in June 2017. And so that's, you know, appalling that's taken so long to hear and get evidence for this family um, to not have that part of closure after having a black death in custody, I think is just shameful. And, like, you know, there needs to be better and quicker ways to be able to have inquests for black deaths in custody because waiting so long was just so grueling for the families. It does. Sounds, it sounds um, a, an excruciating wait for it's not even justice because the coroner hasn't handed down their findings yet. It's just that opportunity to be heard even. Mm. Uh, and in, and in it's relation- even the... I'll just jump in just because, you know, that was the, it was gathering evidence. So I think some people don't know how the current court works and it's an investigative body. And so when they have those inquests sitting, it's you're investigating to get evidence from police officers and witnesses. And so the family actually got to find out what happened in the, those final, final moments of his life because they didn't know. Um, for the last four years, what happened? Yeah. Well, is it, I mean, you mentioned a little bit of what happened in, in those final moments earlier, but do you want to talk about what the family discovered during the inquest about how that police chase ensued? Some of the things that the family found out through the inquest was um, what the state the roads were in, and I know, I know it might seem like minor details, but um, what state of the road it was in, it was, you know, like a bit wet. And we found out as well what speed the police were going in the car when they were pursuing Ray. And at one point, you know, the car got up to 170, I think 173 kilometres. We found out that the police don't have, efficient police, um, sorry, pursuit policies as well. And there was lots of um, evidence gathering in the inquest in the second week about the police pursuits policy in Victoria Police and how it's it just doesn't have um, enough meat in it for, and enough, you know, doesn't show enough grounds or, like, doesn't show, like, or tell you how and when you should start a police pursuit and I think one of the things the lawyers were working on was really trying to find out like when should you start a 
place for shoot and and can you start a place for shoot and like um is over unregistered vehicle grounds to start a place for shoot and I guess those aren't really that clear and one of the things that the lawyers were doing were talking about uh, on the lawyers I mean is representatives of uh Uncle Ray and Aunt Debbie were talking about that the policies don't give Victoria Police um, officers on the ground enough information whether they should um, pursue um, people or not. And I think that, you know, in terms of minor traffic offences, like you would think that you shouldn't pursue for an unregistered car. So I think the family has really come out um, pretty strong about not wanting police pursuits for minor. This sounded a little bit worse than that because not only were they rather minor offences, but there was some stereotyping mm. as well. The language you used at the earlier in the interview was that, you know, his car looked a little bit dodgy. Now that could be a class thing, you know, he just looked like a poor mm-hmm. person or exactly. he looked like a poor Aboriginal person. Was that interrogated much mm. in the inquest? So they didn't interrogate race at all in the inquest um, because with coronial inquests, they can only stay in the scope of the investigation. So it really doesn't allow you to go outside of, like, um, I can't remember what the two things were that were in the scope, but it was there was, wasn't many questions around that. I think in Antonia Day's inquest, uh, like the scope for her as one of the investigative um, parts was uh, institutional racism, but because the uh, police officers couldn't identify him as being Aboriginal because they couldn't see him, um, they didn't address his race much at all. I think that, you know, also, like I think class has definitely got a huge issue and it's it's been, a, it's been a big part of it as well in terms of the police um, using language like there's a lot of drugs around that area. Um, so I think it's like this is the type, it shows what the type of policing that police are putting on uh, this community as well, not just black holes, but um, other poor, poor communities um, within Thornbury and Preston. So yeah, like I think judging a car and saying that it looks dodgy or it looks like you know we're sus on this car because of there's drugs in this area but there's drugs everywhere there's drugs in South Yarra there's drugs in Q and I just don't really get that classification of why the police officer used that language. And on community radio stations right across Australia, you're listening to Accent of Women. Today's show focuses on the death during a police pursuit of Aboriginal man Raymond Noel Lindsay Thomas. And I'm speaking with Raymond Noel's cousin, Tarnine Onus-Williams.
And how did the cops respond to some of these questions and allegations during the hearing? We'll get to um, their presence in a moment, but for now, how did they answer to these allegations? I didn't attend. I wasn't there when the two police officers who were driving the vehicle gave evidence. I wasn't present for that. I was present for the Assistant Commissioner Murphy's evidence and I think that hers was definitely more like obviously around like structural stuff and like representing like the institution and its policies and I think that it was just not the evidence that she gave I know was just not clear in terms of how the policies are interpreted and the coroner I think at some stages was very confused uh, about some of the ways that she interpreted the pursuits policy in particular. Um, I think that the way that the family was treated uh, on I think it was the 1st of July um, when the assistant Commissioner Murphy attended the inquest. There was um, numerous police officers there, public order response officers, to you know intimidate the family, and the their presence was like so violent in that they were standing at the front door of the courtroom, and um, then they wait, then they got asked to leave, and the magistrate said that they should not be present in inside the courthouse at all. Um, so they weren't allowed in, the public order response team, and they had waited outside until four o'clock, until the inquest was over for the day. Um, but yeah, they just sat in the car, like three public order responses, vehicles and police officers were at the front of the coroner's court. So it was just, you know, not only did uh, Raymond Knoll's family like lose him to a police pursuit and the violence of policing but also to have them harassed and trying to get justice and trying to get evidence um, about their son's death and and like what they can do to change it. So it was, yeah, it was traumatising for people for sure and I encourage people to look up uh, The Guardian to and the NITV to look at what the police officers who were in the vehicle said and uh, to read more about it there. But of course, like anything, these coronial inquiries present some systemic issues and you've already talked a little Mm -hmm. bit about it in relation to what circumstances give rise to a police chase and certainly not having a registered vehicle shouldn't be a death sentence. So are you hoping Mm -hmm. to see some recommendations and some reforms around minor offences and speed chases at the end of this? I think I really like you know I really want the families asked to um, go ahead and like I know that they you know really they spoke to me about you know wanting the police pursuits to stop and particularly for, for like minor offenses non criminal things and I think that's really important because you know it's a unregistered vehicle isn't worth taking a young Aboriginal person's life it's or anybody's life for that matter. And 
it's, you know, I think one of the other issues that were spoken about at the inquest was that Victoria Police had um, a policy change in 2016 about police pursuits and they ended up getting rid of not being, because they had a policy saying that they can't do police pursuits and then they changed it to be that they can do police pursuits again. So I think, you know, I definitely would like that to change, but I really want the families asked and what, what they want to be, you know, at the centre and I'm excited to see what the family is going to do with, you know, all of the evidence that they've got and what the campaign they will do as well with the, with their lawyers because um, they're such a strong Aboriginal family and such a, um, you know, strong strong people in this community and I really believe that they can you know achieve some sort of change with Raymond Raymond Knowles inquest after his death I don't think that his death will be in vain that's for sure well no but at the same time no family should have to sacrifice a family member in order mm-hmm. to reform the system but i, exactly, I understand yeah. what you're saying his death won't be in vain because um this is a political organized family with a lot of community mm-hmm. support uh to lobby mm-hmm. and cause the change that is required so nobody else has to go through that um exactly yeah Tanin, this year, I mean, it's important we're having this discussion this year being the 30-year anniversary of the handing down of the findings in the um, uh, Royal Commission into Aboriginal Deaths in Custody. And yet here we are Mm -hmm. 30 years later and Aboriginal people are still dying. Uh, I mean, Mm -hmm. what does this year look like alone on that front? I think that, you know, with COVID, it's as well, like it's just we've seen like increased placing of people and extensions, an extension of the state on like our community and like not just our community but other communities as well. And I think that this year we have, you know, we've gotten to like a space where it's been 30 years and like we've had five people die like in March in from black deaths in custody that is absolutely shameful and disgusting and it and it's you know I feel like it's just getting worse uh but I think because I just feel like it's police are getting angry and more violent and they're able to like legally have more stretch over the public and I think that you know COVID has like created an environment for for them to be able to do that whether it's you know having not having to have a warrant to enter your house and you know other things that come under you know victorian state of emergency and these laws you know put our people in danger and now we can look at sydney as well and like the policing of western sydney and how they're you know i think it's just shameful that we are still saying black deaths in custody and the police force being funded hugely every year, in particular uh, Victoria. I just think that there needs to be more justice. It really does bring up that um, necessary discussion and space of political activity around 
prison abolition, which necessarily brings into the question uh, about how policing works in society. Oh, I know I, you and I have worked together for a long time, Tani, and so I know politically that you are a, a prison abolitionist. Uh, I mean, what do you think is a pathway forward for that campaign and that conversation? Obviously, abolishing prisons tomorrow is not possible, but where mm-hmm. to from here? What What are your ideas for that? I think that we need to have more community responses to violence and harm. I think that's one of the things that um, I feel really strongly about because as we've seen over, you know, the last few hundred years is that police don't make us safer. And I think that we need to focus on, like, working together uh, as a a community, as a society to be able to support each other and be able to not rely on a violent system and violent police force to be able to stop violence uh, from happening. So, and I think that goes, you know, can go into like what's happening with coercive control in New South Wales. And, you know, I, I think that laws like that need to be stopping, need to stop being made right now. Well, Tarnine, thank you so much for your time on the show today. I I wondered if the coroner had given an indication of when they might hand down their findings in this case. When can we expect to hear the outcome? I'm not sure. They usually take about six months. But, yeah, I'm not sure of any indication as when he'll be um, handing down his findings. I think that, you know, the family is really happy with the coroner and... Um, which is really important. I think he showed them, you know, some dignity, respect that they absolutely deserve. So, and which is, you know, you know, the bare minimum. But yeah, I just wanted to touch on that, just so that the family's voices were heard, and just so that you know, Uncle Deb and um, I Deb and Uncle Ray's voices heard. That was Tarnine Onus Williams speaking about the coronial inquest into the death of Raymond Noel Lindsay Thomas, who died in a police pursuit in 2017 because police identified his car as unregistered and dodgy looking. Hopefully, this inquest will lead to some reforms about the circumstances in which police can commence a high speed pursuit. And that's all we have time for on today's program of Accent of Women. Accent of Women is produced in the Melbourne studios of Community Radio 3CR with the financial assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The show is distributed nationally via the Community Radio Network with special thanks to the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. The music for Accent of Women was written and produced by George Kanjeri. If you want to hear this show again or any of our previous programs, you can download the podcast from 3CR's website. That's 3cr.org.au. Go to the Accent of Women page and follow the links to this week's show. If you want to get in touch with the producers of the show, you can write to us at accentofwomen at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter or like our page on Facebook. Thanks for tuning into the show. I'm Giselle Hanna and I look forward to your company again next week.